0: Hi, you're listening to the Life, Lemons and Tequila podcast with me, Subhashish Bharuka. today i have a true blue second generation entrepreneur from bangalore and the managing director at falada agro research foundations private limited uh, he's a you know he he's he's been pretty instrumental in creating an organic food brand called uh, falada pure and sure and some of you may have even had it and seen it across uh, you know the the, the aisles and um, Today, the brand is actually a name to reckon with uh, when it comes to organic food. Recently, he's ventured into an all-organic cafe in Jainagar in Bangalore. Uh, Welcome, Surya Shastri, uh, on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on Life, Lemons and Tequila. Thank you, uh, Swashish, for having me on this podcast. And uh, it feels great to be a part of it. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. So tell me, you know, I've known Surya uh, on and off. Uh, but this is the first time we're actually catching up so it's great uh we're talking over a podcast uh tell me all about how did the brand falada come into uh existence and yeah. uh your journey of uh creating pure Insure. the company falada Group was uh started by my father
1: in the year 1999 so we've been in this organic food phase for the last uh 20 odd years now uh primarily into export of um, uh, organic food ingredients right uh i got into the business in uh, after my graduation in 2008 and um, yeah once i once i graduated uh, i wanted to do something on my own but my father kind of uh, told that give me two years with this company and uh, spend it with me and then you can decide if you want to do something on your own or kind of continue in this so uh i spent about two two years as a management trainee Uh, in the company working under various departments kind of trying to understand how the whole organic supply chain uh, works because we literally work through the entire supply chain controlling everything uh, throughout the process so once I kind of got a broad understanding of this and that's when I started to kind of get a liking to this industry and uh, I could see the benefits that it was doing to the farmers while also to the consumers who are consuming organic food um, and in late 2011, um, exactly November 2011, was when uh, I saw the domestic market was uh, growing and uh, that was when I decided to kind of start a domestic uh, organic food brand called uh, Falada Pure Ensure. Uh, we started off with about 10 products, which is mainly organic spices, because that was what uh, we were mainly exporting. So we decided to get that same range for the domestic market also and uh, started off with distribution in uh, Bangalore so that slowly uh, we increased our product range as and when we kind of grew our distribution channels and today we have about uh, 160 odd products and we have distribution in about 20 uh, states of India so we are now a pan India brand with a wide product range which more or less covers around 80% of your monthly consumption you can
0: buy it from us as uh, organic. Awesome. So uh, essentially, you know, it's it's been a great journey for you, yeah. You know, and and I, you've taken the brand to a different level, uh, wherein it is today uh, a national, uh, nationally available uh, brand, right? On across different stores. Yeah. Uh, super. So I mean, you know, when when first things first, when you're talking about organic, right? And uh, this is a misconception or a myth, but. Um, People think that organic is an expensive uh, pro- proposition, right? Whereas as compared to the uh, non-organic uh, food. But what is, firstly, what is organic, right? How do you know that a, a product is organic in the market? Sure. Yes. So
1: organic generally is um, slight expensive when you compare it to the conventional uh, products. It comes at a premium uh, price but the premium over the years is reducing year on year as and when the market kind of uh, scales up definitely the premium would uh, reduce considerably going ahead right uh, that being said organic um, means and in when storm anything that is grown without the use of any chemicals pesticides insecticides, and without the use of any and it's processed without using any kind of preservatives uh, as such right um the way you can identify an organic product in the market is, um, one is through a certification process, uh, where a third party kind of certifies it based on certain regulations that has been put up by the government. Um, and two is in terms of testing the product for pesticide residues, right? Uh, that answers your first part of the uh, question. And two, the reason why it is, um, expensive, um, is and also generally for that I'll take you through the uh, to the process from the beginning. Whereas um, at the farm gate level, the farmer uh, would have to do put in a little bit of an effort to kind of convert to organic in the initial uh, uh, years at least. And uh, because he's been so, uh, the land has been abused so much uh, by using chemicals uh, year on year you don't immediately get that kind of yield when you move to organic, right? So there's a slight dip in the yield in the initial uh, years. So that's the reason the farmer wants an incentive to kind of um, continue to kind of do uh, doing organic, right? So there the price kind of, so at the start point itself, there's a slight increase in price that you uh, pay. Two, um, the scale is not that much when you compare to the conventional uh, products, right? So your transportation costs by default are, at a higher price because you're you're not getting truckloads of material but you're working with small farmers who are and you get the material to a single warehouse and move it onwards and three um, in conventional uh, products you you can use chemicals to store these grains and pulses and stuff which are prone to infestation but in organic you can't do that Uh, you need to rely on cold storages and stuff which again comes at an added uh, cost and lastly you uh, because the market is conceived and Considered to be small, uh, you have retailers who end up asking for a higher premium because they are giving you the shelf space and they don't expect the kind of returns that a conventional product would give you. So that again adds to the uh, cost further. So which overall kind of uh, consolidates and ends up being an expensive product to the customer. But like I said, as and when the market kind of grows, uh, definitely the premium would definitely uh, come
0: down as the economics of scale Kind of catches up on this industry, right? And is there a process to actually make a land, an agricultural land, organic, uh, or you know, is it a separate process altogether?
1: Yes. So, um, in, according to the Indian organic standards and um, other all the major countries across Europe and US, what they uh, the process that they follow is uh, something called as a three-year. Uh, turnaround time right so if you have an agricultural land you start the certification process if you started today your land would be considered a certified organic after a period of three years right the logic behind that is um, if you use any kind of chemicals um, on your field it would take about three years for the land to kind of uh, the topsoil to kind of
0: uh, regenerate and uh, become completely uh, organic organic and is it you know, is, is it need of the hour to actually uh, make a conscious shift to organic food? Uh, I would
1: definitely say yes, um, because one of the uh, key causes of health-related issues, including cancer, is the amount of pesticides that go into your uh, the food chain. Right? Yeah. I've spent a lot of time at the farm level sitting across with different farmers sitting at uh, the chemical shops from where they usually buy these uh, insecticides and pesticides and I've seen the kind of things that go into the soil and it's absolutely scary to kind of imagine that those many amount of chemicals are coming into our uh, food chain all right so uh, the slight premium that you're paying is definitely when you consider it on the long run and on your health benefit as such it is definitely an investment that you're making for your health so
0: yeah, moving to an organic lifestyle is definitely a, the need of the hour. Mm, mm,
1: uh, sure, if I had to put
0: it across. Um, yeah, so I mean, it is it is a, uh, it is something that everyone should actually start adopting in terms of their daily consumption habits. Yes,
1: and today with the the range of products that a lot of companies in India are offering, you can make that shift. In, I, initially, you didn't have so many products, and and. It wasn't a very encouraging uh, space to be in because you wouldn't want to just start off with the chili powder as organic and rest of the things as not, <laughs> not organic. Yeah, so it didn't make sense. Yeah, but uh, today you are able to kind of convert at least 70 to 80, I would say in certain places, 90% of whatever that you're consuming. There are organic options available out there. Yeah. So uh, now is definitely
0: a right time to kind of make that uh, shift. So another initiative that you've taken and this is uh, your Pure and Sure Cafe which you've just uh, launched about a few months back. So I, you know, visited your cafe and I had the uh, jackfruit keema, right? Which is essentially the vegetarian meat. And it was amazing, right? I mean, it it, it had that... uh, Because I also eat non-vegetarian and it it felt really nice. I didn't feel the uh, need to actually uh, go for a non-veg dish, right? And uh, tell me something, how the veg meet uh, tell me about the uh, the cafe what's the uh, the usp of the cafe sure yeah. um so um the reason
1: why we kind of uh, decided to uh, open a store and a cafe along with it was one our uh, a range is big and for a consumer to kind of come and uh, get the entire spectrum like i was telling for someone to move towards to make that shift towards organic they need the entire basket of uh, products so this was we created this as a space where a consumer could come and choose from an entire range of products for them to make that shift towards uh, organic but then if you want to move to an organic lifestyle you uh, one, we wanted to offer, if you want to cook at home, you get the entire range from the store that you can pick up and take the products and cook at home. And two, if you want to kind of try out these products, if you want to kind of, and not everybody wants to cook every day. So when you want to come out and still kind of eat some organic food, that kind of led to us to kind of have the cafe also along with the store to add to the overall experience of uh, consuming organic food products. Um And... The cafe, we've kind of designed it in a way wherein all the ingredients that goes into those dishes are from the range of products that we uh, already offer. So, consumer can get a first-hand experience of uh, the product
0: before they make the constitution to kind of move towards organic. Uh, nice. I mean, that's that's yeah. a great concept. and I don't think that they 100% organic cafes in Bangalore as of now.
1: Yes. So, a lot of people um, use certain ingredients as organic. Uh, But there's no uh, cafe out there that can claim that it is using 100% organic. uh, Right. And Pure uh, Insure does that. Yes. Yeah.
0: Because we have that scale and we have the back end uh, connectivity. So that uh, gives us an opportunity to uh, claim that. Super. So it's in Jayanagar, If you guys are interested, just hop by. Uh, You can, you know, ask for Surya. Um, And uh, he'll be more than uh, welcoming. Also, the veg meat concept, right? Whether it's jackfruit or whether it's any other form of vegetables, right, which essentially uh, taste and feel like meat, um, is is pretty much become a rage in the U.S. and the European markets, yep. right? Uh, it slowly has it come to India, or are people, uh, you know, wanting to exp- experiment with uh, food and vegetarians, especially uh, who prefer to eat, who prefer to get that feel of meat how how is that uh, market growing Um,
1: the vegan market has grown considerably across the world Uh, especially in the u.s uh, anything plant-based derivatives of the benefits of meat is kind of picked up in the last couple of years and a lot of different alternatives that you get uh, which is plant-based which can give you the the same amount of benefits that a meat would give but is not essentially a meat based product right uh, one of the key reasons for this uh, shift has been an overall conscious decision to kind of move towards vegan and vegetarianism in, in general uh, because animal rearing and this thing has a lot of side effects in from an environmental point of view right, uh, right, because yes. of um, the global warming yes global yes. warming and stuff and also it's, uh, the statistics are quite uh, scary if you look at it that almost 70% of the free land that we have today across the world uh, is used for uh, rearing animals for food. Wow. Uh, uh-huh. So that is a big chunk of uh, land yeah, yeah okay. which is land that is uh, being used up just to kind of cater to the food uh, needs. So yeah, so that as a trend is definitely something that is uh, picking up across the world. It's much more mature in the uh, US and in Europe. And it's definitely picking up in India also. In India, you had a lot of people who are vegetarian by default. So it is a slightly easier process to move from a vegetarian to a vegan. But we do see this trend picking up in India. Uh, We have a lot of uh, customers asking us to come up with more and more vegan uh, specific products. And jackfruit is definitely uh, one of them. Right, so jackfruit as a vegetable when it's tender. Oh. It has a meat-like structure to it, yeah, so right. it gives you a mouthfeel of uh, meat. Right. So uh, we do sell a lot of jackfruit to the US, especially for the as a meat substitute, because people want the mouthfeel of the meat, but they don't want the they don't want yeah. to eat meat. Yeah, right. they don't yeah.
0: Eat meat. So that's where jackfruit kind of uh, fits in perfectly. When. I think you should uh, be sending this to uh, the Modi government. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, um,
0: <laughs> i'm i'm sort of getting on the wrong side but uh yeah yeah i mean I, i'm serious i yeah. <laughs> i think you should send some of these yeah. jackfruit pa- you know the, the packets which you have uh yeah. to uh, uh the government officials yeah <laughs> you don't want to take you don't want to get there <laughs> uh all right so vegan yes keto me. uh intermittent fa- intermittent fasting Um, is it a passing fad or are these real issues at hand uh, which you know we as humans have to deal with other than our governments so um, like i said vegan definitely is a uh,
1: it's not just a passing trend it it is something that the people are considering consciously to kind of make it as part of their diet and that is definitely something that's going to have a long-term impact on the environment and on on the people by the keto gluten-free and all the other diets and stuff those are are definitely uh, a trend uh, (laughs) for sure yeah Yeah. Uh, and uh, and those are also something that i get a lot of uh, requests on asking us which of the products can go into a keto uh, diet Uh, we get a lot of requests about gluten-free and stuff like that again which is more of an allergen uh, for people to kind of yeah so yeah so uh, those are definitely some of the trends that are in right now and based on people's uh, specific needs and stuff uh, people are going ahead with these diets and these trends uh, and i'm sure those are also something that is gonna stay for a while at least yeah
0: at least yeah for, yeah. for, for the next five six years yes we'll see. yeah unless there's a new uh, alternative that comes around, yes. and uh, one uh, genius of a doctor comes and says, "Oh, this diet is great. Yeah. Let's get you on this diet, and yeah. you'll definitely yeah. lose
1: weight." Yeah, right. Um, and it's it's pretty funny because for the longest time you've been told that fats are not good for you. Exactly. And, and suddenly, and suddenly, because of keto, you're <laughs> you're kind of told again that no, you whatever should. you've
0: learned all these years is wrong, and you need to eat fats. To kind I of, mean, somewhere the yeah. industry needs to innovate, right? Yeah. <laughs> a funny thing all right so just shifting a bit uh you know uh, coming back to the business part of it so you had a solid groundwork when when it was which was already done when you started out right Uh, but uh, there must have been some real challenges which came your way uh, when you're trying to you know uh, move out from the shadows of your you know dad's entire uh, the business that he ran and uh, to create a national organic brand uh, which has been there for around 10 years now what were the challenges were there any failures which sort of not failures but challenges essentially which came around and you had to deal with them Uh, um, so yeah when I um,
1: definitely uh, I had an advantage from my father setting up this industry initially and it became uh, some kind of a support system for me to kind of uh, explore further and build upon a brand but that being said um, there were definitely a lot of challenges because we were on a b2b uh, we were set up as a b2b business and this was a completely new vertical uh, that we had to kind of uh, establish where we didn't have any kind of an experience as such right so yeah so uh, early on the uh, one of the biggest challenges for us was um to kind of uh set up this brand and to go to retailers and to kind of have them accept our brand and to get them to give us those shelf space yeah right so uh, all of them perceived it to be a very small industry and today also it's, it's not considered still it's not considered big and i'm talking about uh seven eight years back when uh, when nobody yeah. was really yes. into it right? yeah they were just about one or two brands back then and the market was just opening up and apart from one or two brands they weren't keen on a third brand by default because they were like the market itself is so small and i
0: don't want to keep more yeah, i mean they would of, have been skeptical about yes. whether to give it some shelf space yes whether people will buy it yeah right. so that was the first challenge uh as such to kind
1: of break into these stores and have the products placed there and uh and unfortunately and compared to today back then there was no online space also mm-hmm. uh, which and today is a big opportunity out there you don't have to kind of go through that challenge which we faced back in 2011 second was to understand the distribution uh channels and the different models that are out there because in india distribution is a very big challenge and uh, of course in your and we started off with bangalore as a as a first market because we were from here but moving out to different states and understanding the the logistical challenges that comes along with it was was also a very big uh for us initially so that was the second big challenge was to kind of move these products across uh, india as we set up newer channels to kind of sell these products right and it it took us at least about 3 to 4 years to even kind of come to a place where uh, we could sit across a table and uh, and negotiate a margin also right uh, right because and everyone out there were kind of trying to kind of get the maximum out of maximum margin be it the retailers be it the distributors be it the super uh everyone wanted a bigger chunk of the the slice yeah so those initial years was definitely uh, a challenging process and because the market wasn't um that big we couldn't just rely on five or ten products we had to kind of the only way we could scale up or we could cover up the cost of distribution was by increasing the range right uh, yeah. Right. yeah uh, and that kind of led us to kind of add more and more products because you had already invested on the channel and you had to kind of push more products to get more uh, revenue out so yeah so those were some of the uh, the big challenges that we faced back in the day to kind of get the product out there but yeah one of the early things that kind of helped us was one early on we kind of differentiated in some level of the product offerings that we had so that kind of created some amount of opportunity for us to we had some unique products in the category of organic so that kind of led to some of the retailers being open to kind of having or giving us the shelf space uh, at a considerably
0: uh, good price uh, or a margin
1: right if I had to kind of say that yeah
0: so it's been a good journey for you uh, till till now And uh, where do you see where do you see going from here, Uh, uh, from the uh, Falada Pure insure brand growth? So uh, we we do see, and as a brand, we are still very India
1: focused. We do see a lot of potential in the domestic space. Uh, There are brands from India that have gone uh, beyond our shores and kind of uh, have established in the US and Europe also. Uh, But for us, we see more potential here, even though we keep getting a lot of inquiries right so um, our our growth plans are to one uh, increase our distribution reach further to have our products be more accessible to more people at a, uh, a relatively good price point so that more and more people can uh, afford and have access to uh, good quality organic food products and uh, two to kind of simultaneously educate people about the benefits of uh, organic. organic food yeah, yeah. And we've been doing a lot with the government also to kind of uh, bring in more and more regulations in place and checks in place so that people can trust uh, organic food products and make that conscious decision to buy them. Right. Uh, And third would be to kind of um, also increase our chain of stores. And like I said, the first store in cafe is something that's come up in uh, Bangalore now. Our plan is to open at least three to four before end of this year uh, in Bangalore and then scale that up uh, further. So that people get to experience the entire
0: range of products from uh, the Super. I think that's that's a great plan. And, um, you know, so coming from a marketing background myself, right, I've been in PR and uh, digital marketing for different brands. How do you convince customers in today's day and age where you have people uh, where brand loyalty does not play uh, an important role to actually market them organic food? And give them that the buying reason, right? The strong buying reason. One is definitely the, the purity and, and, and the food itself. But you know what happens in a consumerist uh, market is people tend to sort of shift from one brand to the other based on the pricing, right? As soon as the pricing drops on Amazon or any of these uh, online retail stores, uh, people just shift their loyalties. How do you uh, have repeat buys and how do you market the brand? So yeah, even we definitely face that
1: challenge of that's a question that keeps running into our head. Okay, how do we kind of make consumers keep buying our products and kind of have, have build the brand loyalty to our brand, right? So one, I would say is what is kind of from our experience or what has kind of helped us is one up to a certain extent, we've been able to kind of get some amount of consumers make the thing because of uh, our products being organic all right so that's like a first step out there that's helped consumers to just look at our brand or kind of have access to it so but in the organic spaces there are multiple uh, brands and what kind of has helped us to kind of differentiate is from the category point of view so it's always important to kind of uh, have the right product mix out there to kind of ensure that consumers don't just buy it in terms of it being organic because at some point that is going to become mainstream so how do you kind of differentiate beyond exactly uh, that and uh, that's where uh, we've kind of come up with innovative products which kind of has that so you're not selling only on the uh, on the benefit of it being organic but you're adding some amount of taste benefit to it wherein and some amount of curiosity into the entire process uh, so that those are the added plus points for them to kind of make that uh, decision to kind of buy your product. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, product per se. But I haven't and, seen any of uh, your
0: uh, brand advertisements on television or hoardings or, yeah. you know, for that matter, uh, newspapers. Yeah. Right. So, how do you really uh, have or how do you, uh, what is the conser- uh, customer acquisition journey? I mean, how do you really reach out to people? So, for us,
1: all these years, it's, and the reason why we've kind of not done any kind of a a large marketing uh, this thing is because for us our primary objective was to get get the reach uh, part ticked off right so all these years has been only on kind of ensuring our products are available uh, in all the stores or the closest access point to a consumer that being said uh, in once it hits the shelf one of the reasons i want people make that decision to buy our uh, products has also been uh, we've initially one of the first things that we learned when we entered this market was organic was selling at a premium price but didn't have that premium packaging to it right right, right. Uh, so that was something that we invested early on and even though uh, it didn't make economic sense in the first uh, in the beginning years but we still insisted that we had that premium organic packaging and premium presence the feel, feel on the to shelf. it so yes. that people
0: at least once the yeah. first point of contact is to be, yes. you know at the shelf is to see the product yeah right so that's where we kind of invested early on so that
1: kind of made that first decision for a consumer to buy the product or first kind of notice our brand and to pick it up so uh, that was my first investment on acquisition in terms of making uh, this thing Two uh, from our point of view, we've been I mean, the only places we have spent some amount of money over these years is one on the online space we do uh, quite a bit of stuff online through uh instagram, Google, yeah, through instagram SEO Google, and, yeah, yeah facebook and stuff yeah. And two, we've spent uh, a lot of energy on uh, different exhibitions as trade fairs and uh, food exhibitions that are out there, both consumer and from a trade perspective. Those have de- definitely helped us to kind of, one, from a trade perspective to get more and more distributors to sign up with our brand. And two, from a consumer perspective, it gives a huge opportunity to kind of interact a lot with the customers and kind of explain the benefits of organic and our brand uh right, right, values right, and stuff. Yeah. So those have been the areas where we've kind of done some amount of uh, marketing over these
0: years specifically. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Interesting. Yeah. Moving on from the brand to personal fitness. Um, I believe, you know, uh, you are a uh, you're a hardcore fitness freak, right? So there is a whole lot of things that goes around. Um, wherein people say this, if you do this, you will be, f- you know, fit. If you drink one, uh, you know particular magic food and uh, or you know mix elements and you will be fit. Um, but it's all over the place, right? There is no one rule to fitness. Is what uh, the media conveys it as. Uh, what is your fitness mantra and how do you uh, stay fit? So I, I was never this uh, so much into fitness as such. It was
1: only a year and. Uh, a year and a half back is when uh i just finished this uh friends uh, one of my close friends got married and uh it involved a lot of uh drinking a lot of alcohol and uh kind of <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> it was more of a detox thing that kind of started post the wedding uh which kind of led me to okay i was anyways on a detox i thought <laughs> let me kind of sign up with right. a gym also and uh that led and, and as and when I started to kind of, uh, get into it and started to see those results of just being more, uh, more active during the day, just feeling more fresh. Uh, that kind of led me to uh, a deeper connection with, uh, fitness. So yeah, that's, that's been my journey as such. And now I'm, and it's reached a point where I, uh,
0: I've, yeah you can
1: i'm still not probably a fitness freak yet but yeah, getting there definitely <laughs> yeah but you still <laughs> yeah you still enjoy your, yes. your uh, uh,
0: beers and you still Ye- enjoy your, yes uh,
1: yeah uh so I, I haven't definitely cut down on my and uh, completely on my lifestyle and, uh, that i had previously and stuff uh, but i'm ma- i'm making a conscious decision to no matter what uh, i do during the week i do go to have my daily round of an exercise in the morning right? and that can be uh anything as simple as running cycling or whatever it's just about being active and being yeah. yeah being fit has been my uh core mantra i had to kind of uh say and uh yeah and that's that's definitely kind of like i said helped me lead an active lifestyle and uh i've never felt better so yeah uh, awesome. it's been a good <laughs> journey as such yeah, so I'm also trying to get there yeah very soon
0: <laughs> you are, because of the business uh, and personal uh, you uh, you are a hardcore biker uh, you travel the world you travel different you know to different places where you get to see and experience new things what is what is that one thing that you learn from most of your trips and how does it help to add another dimension to your business and personally yeah
1: so um, fortunately because of my uh, my work i i do get to travel quite a bit and yeah from a uh, from from a business perspective most of my my trips are uh, linked to a trade fair so uh, i attend all the big trade fairs across the world specifically for food and uh, one most of these chinese have kind of uh gives me a lot of uh insights on what the the next big trend is I, I i get a lot of understanding about consumers there in those markets and how consumers behave in different uh, markets across the world so uh, that's been a huge learning experience as such in terms of kind of going to these different places understanding their cultures how they uh, how they catch on trends how those trends behave and how consumers behave to these individual trends in these different markets and how we can kind of best implement that and see that trend coming into India at some point. So yeah, so from a business point of view, it's definitely helped me to kind of understand different markets and how people react in these different markets. So yeah, all the traveling is definitely. Yeah, so you, you,
0: a- you're not just a, a traveler to Ooty with your hashtag Wanderlust <laughs> <laughs> on Instagram. You're actually, yeah. you know seeing the, the the way market functions across the world yes and on a personal front how does it help you yeah on a personal front one I, traveling by default
1: kind of opens up opens you up to kind of a much larger world out there Two, um most of my travels is alone i mean when i'm on a bike or uh i'm on a flight uh so you get a lot of time to kind of think and prospect and kind of uh you have a lot of alone time. <laughs> what, do you,
0: <laughs> what do you need to introspect, dude? <laughs> so, it, it kind of... So, a lot of thoughts do and run into us. A lot those, of deep Yeah, deep, deep thinking, of, yeah, deep
1: thinking <laughs> kind of <laughs> happens when, when I'm on a bike and, and I'm going on a highway <laughs> and stuff. Or, or on a 20-hour journey to the US on a flight. Huh.
0: <laughs> so, so uh, if, if you have to introspect about your life, just get on a flight. Uh, yeah. <laughs> for 20 hours and and yeah. think what you are doing in a life <laughs> i need to again do that very soon <laughs> yeah
1: so and yeah and and just generally and uh when like i said so when i travel i meet a lot of new people and that by itself is like a a, a huge experience in terms of uh your understanding like i said different cultures and um I do negotiations with different people in different markets and stuff. So, yeah, and personally and professionally, you, you end How up. How many countries
0: a- have you visited till then?
1: Uh, I've ticked off close to around twenty-five.
0: Uh, wow, uh, countries now. Yeah, and mainly on work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there is, uh, you know, the underlying theme of this podcast is that humor plays a a, a very important role in in the success of mankind you know without humor probably we would have an apocalypse situation <laughs> <laughs> what is that one of what is the funniest thing that you've experienced uh till date you know from uh, in your mankind. in your personal life yeah and with with all
1: my <laughs> traveling there was uh one i could say a funny incident uh, that actually um, happened This was during my initial years uh, when I just got into the business and I was, I was very keen on kind of attending different trade fairs across the world uh, because I found a liking to it. And uh, so there was this one uh, trade fair that, uh, that was happening in Europe in Dusseldorf and I looked it up online and kind of found it to be very interesting with the right kind of buyers. I did a check of all other people who are exhibiting there and stuff, all the research and booked my tickets, uh, booked a hotel uh, that was close to the trade fair, uh, reached Dusseldorf, checked into my hotel and uh, did a walk in the night to kind of uh, make sure that uh, I know how much time it takes for me to get there, Uh, did all the research and stuff. And then I suited up the next day, all excited to kind of uh, go to this trade fair and uh, crack some deals. And I reached the venue and I uh, realized that um, I was literally a year uh, <laughs> what before <laughs> uh,
0: the exhibition. <laughs> and um, I was like, <laughs> a year before yeah, the actual trade the, fair was supposed to happen. Y- yes, that's when <laughs> That's when
1: I realized that uh, that trade fair actually happens once in two years and I had literally <laughs> attended it a year back. Uh, yeah. How did that? Was, that wow. ended up being actually funny because I, uh, it was it was those <laughs> initial years and I had to literally pick up my phone and tell my dad that okay <laughs> that you reached a year yeah. earlier. yeah, you uh, spent all this money and sent me out. and
0: uh, <laughs> a year Um, earlier so wow uh, yeah but it was a good holiday though (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure because you will need some time to introspect (laughs) (laughs) yeah the flight journey back was quite (laughs) (laughs) amazing amazing so um uh, down to the last question uh you know Surya it has been a fun conversation with you what, this is a question that I ask everybody okay so what is that life lemons and tequila moment uh for you in one line yeah.
1: so thank you especially so it's been a great uh talk till now and for me the the one uh, this thing for me the life and tequila moment was probably um when uh I actually got the chance to uh start the domestic brand uh Pure and, sure, pure and sure and uh, and the overall journey that's it's been till now uh, to been able to kind of bring it up to where it is today that I, that very moment when I started was probably yeah, uh, my moment of uh, yeah awesome life, and, and, and that,
0: life yeah. uh, is a celebration life
1: is definitely a, a celebration and uh, it's a journey that's uh, that's been great
0: yeah awesome so thank you once again Surya yeah uh for joining me on life lemons and tequila podcast thank you so much for listening to this podcast my podcast is now available on apple podcast on google podcast and on spotify so please subscribe uh would love to hear your feedback thank you so much once again see you next week with another guest